There's so much thoughts in my brain, it's like my head is filled with rocks. And now for something completely different. Women is so racist. I look a woman up and down and I say, I'm coming to join you, bitch. Oh, that too far. Oh, you want to get into things? Well, I mean. No, 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 no. Let's get into things. Let's get real. Everybody, Bojack wants to get real. Cancel the bubble round, because we're getting real. There we go. Hello, Hi. everybody. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, fine, y'all. Yo, I wasn't, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the listeners. Hey, everybody, no. welcome to another episode of no, no, I'm just kidding. no Time to Binge. Uh, literally, my favorite show that comes out every other Wednesday, especially on the Some Nobody's channel, uh, but anywhere that I can post it to as well. Uh, now, currently, award winning, mega award winning. Woo. This is what, what you guys are watching, slash, listening to, slash, avoiding is podcast of the year is pop culture phenomenon of the year which is also the, the third one which i forgot because i'm on the wrong comedy? page of and comedy podcast yeah. comedy podcast zach just because you're the one who's there? not funny doesn't mean that the rest of us aren't i i appreciate the fact that you can't see what i'm setting you up for a joke and we're going to get on with it what this show is <laughs> if you don't know this is a show in which we have shows that we like but we just have literally no time to binge these things so what we do is we watch the very first episode of a show and then the very last episode of the show kind of make up what happens in the middle and then just make up with the rest while kind of hating each other more and more uh i'll be the host of today for some reason my name is zach you can find me on twitter at corporal nerds uh, with me as always is, is dylan terry you can find him on twitter at uh vorpal words always with us as always is uh, archangel michael you can find him on twitter at portal turds uh we also have the beautiful b um what's your oh. handle? what's your twitter handle b <laughs> it's queen bethy b boom love it and and this is not because Whoa. we won these awards or we paid <laughs> a lot to have him on here but <laughs> not at all he just wanted to. He just wanted to be on an award-winning podcast. That's, That's true. That's true. Even though I, I am on one, so. I actually <laughs> don't know how he got into those chats. He just said, "I'll be there." I'm like, "Oh shit! How'd Casey get in here?" Either way, <laughs> literally the better half of of the scene snobs, uh, Casey, <laughs> Casey off dem scene snobs. How are you doing today, sir? Marvelous. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to get through this a uh, little bit of a uh, good place. Yeah. Dude, we are very excited. Well, I can't speak for everyone. Uh, at least two of the four of us are very excited to have you on here. Um, so, yeah, The Good Place. Um, and it started out in you know, 2016. Beautiful comedy. Uh, really well written. Uh, and it starts with uh, episode one, season one, which is called Everything is Fine. Now, <sighs> the synopsis on IMDb is way too long. So here's what I got. I got. <laughs> and I'm going to go through this quickly. Now, a homegirl wakes up, uh, the best bartender is interviewing Elsa Shrom Shrom, and he tells her that he's dead, and he gives Dax Shepard's wife the deets on her demise. Now, some religious talk about Doug Forsett and what will become the Jeremy Baramy turns out that Veronica Mars is in the good place. Hence the name of the show. Then there's a safari tour of this vanilla-ass town. Ex-Whoopi Goldberg drops some science and some god math on him, and mostly it's about ethereal voyeurism as well as soulmates, clearly where everyone has one and it's the perfect place. Now, 
Uh, but even though this place is perfect, uh, <laughs> wait, that's not what this says. Uh, even though this place is a piece, is a perfect shit, uh, uh, some stuff seems to be off, and we meet uh, the best part of the show, which to me is Cheaty. I love Cheaty. He is literally the best thing on the show uh, outside of God's Siri, which is Janet. What do you guys think of Cheaty? Anyway, so far, so right, I mean, so okay, far, fine. Yeah, so far you like cheating. Right. I've only I, seen I, the first episode and the last episode. Yeah, I know, but he's he's a beautiful little 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 piece of yes. of, of of acting there. He's very cute. All right, he makes me nervous. <laughs> he is I makes me nervous as well. I totally yeah. get that. Very yeah, anxiety ridden yes. every time I watch him. He's all over yeah. the place and high strong. He gets stomach aches a lot. So yes, <laughs> no, I feel I feel like I need to take a Xanax every time he's on screen. Yeah, oh, okay. oh. and it's luckily. Luckily, there's the acting uh, equivalent to a Xanax, which is Jason, who's yes. just the absolute best. <laughs> yeah, who does not say anything in this episode, which is great. Uh, <laughs> now, it's it's pretty much right after we meet Chidi, and that's when Gossip Girl tells him that someone really forked up uh, royally. Um, now, some more bull shorts happen when we meet. That's when we meet <laughs> Janet finally, which is the perfect search engine for the good place. Um, then we meet Yanu, uh, Yu, the Buddhist monk, and the master booper who is Tahani. And after a dumb party, uh, Elsa from uh, whatever wakes up. Um, what is that? Wakes up to how. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. I shouldn't have read that so fast. Uh, now, Elsa wakes up to how Dylan spends his Sunday AM, which is a communal ball tripping. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and and everything is Eleanor's fault. She begs Cheaty to teach her how to lie to heaven, and that's pretty much how we end this episode. Which is S is gone crazy up in heaven, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now Archangel Michael, I have yes. I haven't seen you since that movie in 1996, and I appreciate you being here. Uh, uh, now, yes. what did you think about this depiction of the Good Place? Um, it seems like the actual uh christian version of heaven which is very whitewashed very like boring and <laughs> yeah terrible for anyone who's interesting um <laughs> so i i thought they did a very good job with with their depiction of sort of a christian heaven yeah. Now, uh, B, what did you think about when uh, Eleanor gets to the good place and she asks which one got it right? And all Ted Danson says, is it Doug Forsett was the closest one to get it right? <laughs> um, I actually I actually enjoyed that. Um, like the like, all seriousness, I, I like I like the idea of everyone getting it a little bit right. I think I think that is is pleasant to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I, I I love the way that they depict like religion is because you know Ted Dance is like, ah, Buddhists have some of it right. Yeah. These guys have some of it right. No one really got it right except uh, drug users. They usually Just, get yeah, it right. Drugs definitely <laughs> yeah. get it right. They know. Uh, now, right after case, major bong rip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Casey, well, yeah. the scene stops when this when, when episode one ends up and uh, S is gone off the rails. Everyone's wearing blue and yellow except for Eleanor. Uh, what were you thinking? What was like? This is where this show's gonna go. Well, originally I thought gold Wolverines because you know that blue and gold. Sure. So that was where my mind immediately wandered to. Yeah. Uh, then also I was wondering if it was going to remain that way. Like, is this the show that we have now? Are we going to have giant shrimp flying around everywhere and toads and ladybugs and you know Tahani with this giant house versus Eleanor's small house? <laughs> so there's there's a lot going on. There's so many questions to be answered. Uh, Dylan, uh, knowing that things were going crazy and this is a well-casted show, uh, like Casey, did you think Wolverine or any other X-Men were going to be in this? 
Uh, yes, actually. I expected this to be part of the multiverse that's going on mm. right now, and then I remember mm. the show came out in, like, 2011. So, yeah, but then I thought, wow, Disney really put some forth so- uh, thought into their whole thing. Um, to be determined by the ending. <laughs> I like that your nose is getting more and more congested as we speak. I spent all day talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you know our shows, you know that Dylan doesn't do much of the talking. He That's just sits there and sniffles and yawns. Uh, now, Michael, seeing that we obviously start this show off uh, following Eleanor or maybe Ted Danson um, and, and the, the quiet monk, John Yu, was there any other characters that you were hoping would really get explored in this in this show? Um. Yeah, there was um when there was a uh the rain of shrimp uh coming down. Um I was hoping that uh shrimp number 14 was going to get a little bit more action than they actually did. Um but I I think we got enough of the background of the shrimps that the one season did go over into shrimp heaven um and we did get a little bit of of that um luckily that was the short season um but still uh i think they focused on the wrong shrimp when they when they did that season 14 was very dynamic so i'd have to agree well it was interesting yeah. casting the voice actors john malkovich as a shrimp knowing that he doesn't have any lines only grunts uh but we're gonna get to that uh okay so obviously that was episode one and for the most part, I think it was almost a perfect start to a show. It was uh, aggressively uh, intriguing. It left me with a lot of questions. Um, I like the things that they left out. I like the things that they added. And I think that uh, Chidi is, uh, he, he has a, a new threat, which is me stalking him. Um, okay, so now really, we're going to fast. I really hope, sorry if I just may, I just really hope that uh, they explore more Eleanor's death. That whole, that that series of events that unfolded with her demise. I really well, hope we get into that more. And everyone else's. Yeah. No, we'll definitely get into would... it, especially if you ask someone. <laughs> I think I think B was about to talk about. No, no, um... I, I just I want to see it on screen very graphically. That's what oh, I'm yeah. hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I agree. Uh, her and Up her the ratings a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna fast forward to January 30th of 2020, which is when season four, episode 13 dropped, which is uh, called "Whenever You're Ready." Now episode starts uh this is a new system and the system's kind of working uh michael works with the joint council of afterlife affairs to smooth out the kinks of the system meanwhile jason and tahim they move or tahani move on eleanor tries to influence chidi hmm. now it seems like eleanor is still in class uh for the duration of this entire show because this the show starts at her in class so now i'm thinking four seasons of her in class all right uh but um uh, chidi goes into uh what is it he goes into the guy from oh that's right they meet the guy from guts mike o'malley for some reason and he's hanging out in the alleyway of the death star um which leads them down to judge maya rudolph and some guy named sean uh, and i think uh the actor also from the movie bend them like becca uh i think that yeah. she's in this i'm not sure uh but it's a high council of people now there's some chat about the new system and apparently Jason wants to dip out on his fam. So they're going to party like it's a sad 1999. Doug's eating some chicken. Michael's sad. Janet loves Jason. Jason dances. Chidi and Ellen, are, <laughs> they're uh, dating, which is pretty cool. Here's when things get weird. Normally, <laughs> normally I'm a jokester. Normally I can make fun of a lot of things. This show 
started making me cry so bad <laughs> that I could not I could not make up anything funny. I stopped taking notes and got aggressively invested. I right. yeah. I texted my dad and I haven't spoke to him in years. I waited patiently for my family to get home. This I don't know much about this show. But there's a lot of people in this last episode that made me cry like Dylan does almost every single morning. Um, now Wait, I B, cry every morning, or I make you cry every morning. B, what did you think okay. of this episode? Okay, so I really wish someone had warned me about this last episode because I was not prepared. I was wearing—I did not wear waterproof mascara. I watched this at work. It was a mess. I watched this on my break, so I'm like black streaking down my face i've got snot it's horrific and you've never seen me cry but i am the ugliest crier you will ever see it was you've never seen me cry (laughs) kind of rude to be honest i was not prepared um to feel an emotion period i don't usually do that so yeah yeah, I, I agree with you. I tried not to feel emotions. Uh, mm. This last episode really, <laughs> oh, it really made me question some choices that I made in life while not experiencing oh this kind of love. Uh, Casey, what I only called on you because you were drinking at the time. But what was the main takeaway from this last episode? What was the, the what was the, the the scene that you were like, this this is what it is. This is what this show's about. That letting go is always hard is the main takeaway from this. And uh, it's actually the conversation that Jason has with Janet when he when he first approaches the gate and then she bails. And it was just, yeah, that was a pretty beautiful moment. And that was a moment that really solidified what I believe the show to be and uh, makes me excited to maybe invest a little more time in a few more episodes. Oh, you didn't watch it all. Well, then these, uh, questions well, are gonna get, these questions are going to get pretty hard, my friend. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, Dylan, this this is an obviously it was designed to be a finale. Like you can yeah. see it from start to finish. This is a, a season, a, a yep. series finale. Who would you say uh, in this show, if you weren't crying and missed any parts of it, like they, who do you think had the best send off? I, I mean, this is going to be a personal answer because I think everybody, all these characters have something you can identify with and have something to go out with. Um, the one that resonates to me is the moment where Eleanor tells Chidi to say goodbye now and not to let, and not to be there when she wakes up. And I am just like, stop. <laughs> stop. Fuck. Look, we need to, we need to make a, we need to make a rule change to the show. Okay. From now on, we cannot do good shows on this no. show. It's not no, fair. it's not. I don't have tissues on me. I start crying. We're screwed. <laughs> no. Listen, the good place is too good of a show to make fun of. It's too good of a show. I will never be anywhere near as good of a writer to make up something like this. So, I, what, so Zach, what you're saying is that this is the last episode of no time to binge. <laughs> No. Oh, okay. No. Continue. We're just gonna we're just gonna do better shows on No Time to Binge. <laughs> we're just garbage that is the good place. We're gonna have to uh, all send ourselves through uh, the the gateway one by one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with Teary, with uh, huh. okay. Before <laughs> we before we get into the jokes. I might have the least amount of emotions of anyone maybe on the planet. When Jason is walking towards that gate, I was 
bawling. <laughs> I no. was bawling. Yeah. Yeah. Like like my nose was crying yeah than most babies cry this, i don't i like i was gasping for i was drowning in my own liquid and not in like the sexy way that casey talks about on our snapchat those are special uh, don't sell I, do, those. I do have one question and, and this is uh, unfortunately not a joke i was crying too hard to actually finish the last five minutes uh oh. so will anyone please tell me how this show actually ends sure uh the, so i will i do want to preface this anybody watching this episode if you haven't watched the good place this is a sincere recommendation that you go yeah watch absolutely the good place yeah. Yeah. Back. it's it is the best sitcom yeah. i have ever seen far and yeah. away and, and the thing is like, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, we've done good shows on the show uh jojo phenomenal show <laughs> yeah. World, yeah. great show trigun fine uh badland <laughs> I don't know, steampunky. But here's the thing. The Good Place is too good. It's this, the, it was, it was way too good. We, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> this okay, show. Anyway, as we, we learn, we, we you have, get a philosophy lesson the whole time. We've it's discovered fantastic. the limits of the show's format, and that is a yeah. well-written, emotionally fulfilling show with closure yeah. and a fully planned <laughs> yeah. arc and well-written characters. Anyway, yeah. how the show ends. Um, Jason ceases to exist. Chidi ceases to exist. Jason ceases <gasps> to exist for real. <laughs> Eleanor wanders for a little bit. Uh, uh, Tahani becomes a god, kind of. As Eleanor she ceases should. to exist. Yeah. As she was Jesus. destined to. As she should. Ele Eleanor ceases to exist. Uh, Michael becomes a human and experiences all of the wonder that humanity has to offer. The highs, the lows, the sideways, etc. Uh, someone gets his mail, someone gets Michael's mail uh, delivered to him by mistake, goes up, says, hey, I got your mail by mistake. He opens it up. It's a savings card for a local uh, grocery store. He goes, thank you. Sincerely, thank you. Guy says, take it easy. He goes, no. With all the wisdom in the universe behind me, take it sleazy. Easy. Door shuts <laughs> and the show's over. God damn it. <laughs> oh, all right, let's make fun of this show. Okay. <laughs> now, okay. Perfect. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, this show has so much heart. Uh, there's too much brains to it. Um, but as we know, there's also a lot of creativity to it. Now, I'm going to go around the panel and I'm going to ask you, because as we know, season three was mostly musicals. If it wasn't musicals, it was those weird silent ones, which I do appreciate. That's well writing. But I'm going to ask each of the panel members to let me know which of the musical episodes from season three you thought was the most entertaining. And I'm going to start with Archangel Mitchell. Okay, the uh, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of musicals. Um, I don't like musicals as a whole. I don't like when TV shows jam a musical episode into like their format. That being said, the fact that the entirety of season three was all musical episodes based on traditional up to present Broadway musicals um, had me going. I don't like Hamilton as a, sh as like a, a show, but the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote all of those like heavy metal versions of rap songs for episode, what was that for? Mm -hmm. um, I was a big fan of that. I, I thought he got, the gore um just right 
the swearing was mwah, perfection. Um, Graceful. The the description in the song about Eleanor's death, about how when those shopping carts hit her and it cut her into chunks and then filled up the... Like, I know B wanted to see it, but the description I thought was so, like, on point that I could see it in my head. So that was my favorite episode. The, um, the with, I don't know. The... I don't have an imagination, so... Oh, I forgot it, it, that it, about you. It was yeah. the eyes are grid in Resident Evil. If mm -hmm. these eyes are closed, they see nothing. <laughs> uh, B, favorite musical, no favorite music, musical episode. <laughs> okay, so I really, I really um, enjoyed the episode. I think it was episode eight. I think it was the one that was just all opera mm. and they did that like riff on La Boheme and like, which is basically just rent. Yeah. but in latin um <laughs> uh no i really i really enjoyed that one um i thought it was kind of a weird interesting decision to do it all in black and white though mm -hmm. it, it was it was really artsy really interesting um i really wish they hadn't like cast that dog to play the part of chidi though just for that one episode it was it was odd it was an interesting choice it was Fine. No, I, I agree. But, I I, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen an opera turned into a noir before. Yeah, uh, that, that no, was it was wild. When yeah. you get David Lynch to direct an episode of your television show, that's sort of what you're going to end up with, though. Right. Well, well, okay. Just for for clarity's sake, that wasn't the same David Lynch that ha you know that did Twin Peaks. This was David Lynch, the cartoonist, uh, that did the offshoot of Boondocks. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and that's why. Um, that's why. Jason uh, was played by Bugs Bunny in that episode. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. it was a nice, you know, I thought it was a nice throwback to the Looney Tunes cartoons with the fat lady singing and, mm. and Bugs exactly. Bunny being there. Yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah. They really tied it all in in a very neat, interesting way. No, I agree. And the mm. thing I, I didn't know that I needed to know was the origin of Ave Maria. I always thought, hey, there's some chick who sings a lot. But I tell you, compelling origin. Dylan, what was your favorite musical episode? It was the crossover episode with Parks and Rec, where hmm. is it? Is it Rob Lowe plays Chris Traeger? Yes. Yeah, where he's playing like some alternate universe, like Savior of Humanity, and it's all about like the schism of Christianity. Uh, and it's all like Michael Schur versions of classic hymns. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew, I had a moderate religious upbringing, so a lot of them were pretty familiar but it was still weird to hear them singing about like the parks department instead of like instead of hark the herald angels sing it's like park the herald angels sing and stuff like that yeah yeah now and, that yeah no i agree it was a pretty cool episode i, I think that i might have caught the story better if it wasn't all shot in like one long take i think that artistically <laughs> it maybe worked uh but i kind of lost the vibe on it though yeah the amount of ukulele that's in that episode was a little bit too much for me, though. I, funny story, I did some research. All those old hymns are actually originally arranged for ukulele. Oh, wow! Yeah, okay. they, they just—it turns out when they uh, came to America, they were just like, "Oh man, there are pipe organs, pipe organs everywhere here. Let's just rearrange all this stuff." I mean, back okay. in the day, pipe organs basically just grew wild. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they got—they—they uh, mm -hmm. they became eighty-eight keys when they got domesticated. Yeah, okay. that's true. Really knocked it down from the original <laughs> 240. Yeah, uh, Casey, mm -hmm. musical episode. 
Well, for me, I was a big fan when they dealt with part of that multiverse. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of Rogers and Hammerstein. So when they did the seven brides for seven brothers, but the seven cheaties for seven Eleanors, I thought that was yeah. fantastic. I was a big fan of that one. Yeah, uh, and I it was a good way to, I think that, that was TV. the season, right? And I think that was the season finale too. So when, it was a really way to go out with a bang. Yeah, and it was it was interesting while tying Seven Brides with Seven Brothers in uh, the, the setting of the movie Seven. So it was kind of compelling, like watching that unfold in such an egregious manner like that. I, it was fascinating. Yeah. It was beautifully done, too. Very tasteful, yeah. you know, not not too much gore. They kind of just eased it in. So you kind of alluded to what it was much more Hitchcockian. So I was a fan of that. Yeah, yeah and he, now, even even the gluttony guy's wang was like artistically shot. It really yeah. was. I, I agree. I agree. Now, as we know, season two ended in in such a huge CGI uh, battle between heaven and hell, and portals, and even some brain stuff. But they used all of their budget on like the final two parter, uh, which obviously led them to have a lot of smaller budget bottle episodes throughout that season. Uh, just kind of where you sit in one room, uh, which was odd that they kind of chose that to be the theme of season two. Uh, granted that it's in heaven where you can go anywhere but casey where was the one setting that they all had to cram into that you thought was it just did not work as great as it could have you know i was a little thrown by the yogurt shop during the mm. siege i didn't i didn't quite understand that part when janet's all the janet's turned against them mm. uh and we're just starting to attack them and they had to go all kurosawa you know seven samurai and gang and build up and you know that that was really when they showed more of their bonding i think yeah. which was good but it was just it kind of threw me off. I didn't really like it. It was really dark. Yeah. He did that try to, you know, match Game of Thrones and tone down the brightness. It was stupid. And then also, you know, retconning Janet having lactose intolerance was really a mistake in that one. Uh, yeah. Now, Michael, which yeah. was the setting that you were just the least impressed with? Um, when they were in Nakatomi Tower um, and they didn't show any of the actual office buildings, it, they were all just like crawling through the air ducts. Um, and then every once in a while, you would just see the guy crawl past who was like, no shoes, uh, white tank top. And it's like, we know what you're trying to do, but like, you might be trying a little bit too hard for, for all the subtlety that's in this show. Just like having that part set in Nakatomi Towers with John McClane, you know, and and it still drove me crazy that those ducts were that clean. Um, yeah. That that always drives me crazy when they do it. Just put some dust in there. Yeah. And with all the attention to detail this show has, setting that in Nakatomi Tower, but during Thanksgiving was such an odd move. Like, obviously, we know that John McClane wasn't there. He was in New York, I think, doing something with uh, Jason. Absolutely, uh, he was. Yeah. Justin Long. Anyway, uh, B. It was a choice. Lee, your least favorite setting for season two. Okay, I don't know if you guys remember this because it was like it, it was a it was a very quick scene, but when they were all like under the sea, it just didn't feel very well done. Like some of the fish and like they had some mermaids, but they were like clearly like clip art mermaids. Like they had like forgotten to put actual mermaids in there. Like just drag up a mermaid from like the ocean. Come on now. Don't be lazy with this. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't very impressed with that. I thought it was I thought it was really like, did they run out of budget? Is that what happened? Or were, they, were like the actors like just starting to run, like run out of air under the under the sea? It just yeah, and didn't also, me. And it was kind of annoying that to you actually to understand what they were saying, you had to turn the subtitles on, or else it was just right. so much gurgling and bubbles. It's like, yeah. what, what are you? What are you doing here? 
Did any of y'all notice it was the same three manatees in every shot too? Right. Like, yes. Come on. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad it, you caught that. It just it's didn't make any sense because um, they have all these very good looking actors and they just put them all in those, um, the deep sea bells. And it's yeah. like, we're here for these people's faces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't care if you're drowning or not. Show me that face. Yeah, um, right. and, and yeah, these could be the sexiest the manatees I've ever seen. Yeah, show me that face, though, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I got you. Yeah, that's that's the money maker. Uh, now, Dylan. the I don't I I don't know if you're gonna appreciate this, but I did get um, an actual uh, one of those mermaids from the episode. Um, they sent it to me because I was such a big <laughs> fan. Nice. Oh my god! Wow, you also got one. Yeah. Do you want me to send this to you, B? I oh will. my god, yes, 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 yes. I will put it up okay. on my wall. It's it's I'm gonna right. frame it. Oh I'll, my god. I'll, well, I'll, I mean, I have a frame for it. I just got oh, it okay. down uh for oh. this episode because I wanted to show it off and the frame is of like huge. Yeah, of course. That's pretty suspicious though, because if you know Archangel Michael, you know about his other show where he goes over all of his drawings of mermaids, uh calls the mermaid mile, and that seems suspiciously like the one that you were highlighting for Easter. But we'll get back to that later yeah. on. Dylan, least favorite setting for I just, season two. I just want to call attention to Michael's episode, Mermaid in Manhattan. But um, my well, least not, favorite... Yeah, honestly, if, if he's going to keep these shenanigans, we're not going to promote his other shit anymore. My, <laughs> sure. My least favorite setting from season two um, was the clip episode. Yeah. Um, which is weird because it was all clips from the last episode. Like, it was just like they ran the same episode again but with a different voiceover yeah and like you know they they explain it in the universe of the movie where it's like all right we're gonna something weird's happened with the timeline we're gonna go back and like see if we can examine it but it's like you've got the director as a character and you have like the the script writer as a character and they're all yeah. talking about the show and i don't know why i guess that decision really does save on budget because you only have to shoot 21 episodes instead of or however many they do yeah, well, it's it's odd that you bring that up because that episode, I remember texting you and being like, mm -hmm. "This is fucking dynamic, bro," and you're like, "That piece of shit." And no, that, I and, and we didn't talk for at least four and a half days because of that. Yeah, we lost out. We, we canceled like three recordings anyway. I was whatever. like, "What else is life but uh, it's repetition, a, but pain?" Okay. And you're like, Next. "Yeah, but the director." Clip episode. Next right, question. Okay. Yeah, the clip episode was bad, but the fact that they took the clip episode and made the same thing with they with the webisode mm -hmm. um they did the same thing yeah. and then with the manga uh mm -hmm. they just reprinted the same thing with different words in it um it, it was just a whole thing and it's like i get what you're doing here but you didn't need to spread it across all of the media. I, mean, I wasn't the, impressed with the video game version either. Honestly. I was I was no. going to bring up the video game. The fact no. that three and four were the same game with yeah. different yeah. voice actors, but doing the same brilliant. lines. I thought it was brilliant. I texted and all they did was all they did was change some names on the stores. It was terrible. And how about the 3D <laughs> episode? Because that was miserable. Well, it was better than the video game that was like Zork. Like, come on. I, I, I get we have to look at video games. I can't be reading video games and trying to imagine what the hell is going on here. Yeah, especially a text-based mobile covered, game. I don't yeah. Have an imagination. 
Yeah, B was yeah. having a hard time with that one. It was one. really hard, okay? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you were texting me the whole time, like, asking, you know, advice to do this and, mm -hmm. you know, to send pictures yeah. of what you thought that was supposed to be going on. I asked for a diagram. Yeah, because uh, they, and, kept, they, they kept putting in the group chat, they're like, help me imagine what heaven looks like. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, how do I do that? I and I was, I mean, I was happy to do it, but my goodness that yeah. you were playing that for like three and a half weeks yeah that, yeah that that text chain got so long i had to mute the entirety of facebook um <laughs> now as we know one of the highlights of the show is jason mendoza and all of his amazing stories uh whether they be from jacksonville florida or his dance team of 37 people or his uh <laughs> absolute love for edm uh but dylan as we know Jason Mendoza has some amazing stories. Mm -hmm. Will you please tell uh, our, our friends and fam up here, which of his stories was your favorite? Yeah. It was the one about his first dance team. Mm. He's got two dance teams in the show. Um, and we see one of them in the finale, um, which I mean, okay. Jason Mendoza can dance in real life. Cool. Oh, yeah. Give him a oh, spotlight. Yeah. It's fine. It's like letting someone who can sing, sing a song in an episode of some show like vampire diaries or something like that. Um, but what really like the story that he told me was when he was like a monster hunter mm -hmm. and his two dance teams had been Frankenstein together. Um, and there were 72 of them. Cause one of the dance teams was 37 people and then the other was 35 and they get melded together and they win a dance competition cause they can enter as one person. So it was like a solo dance as long as you can. And considering yeah. it's just at that point, just a ball of legs. It just kind of like dances for a while and then rotates and dances for a while. Yeah. Um, really avant-garde stuff, turning it into like a claymation sequence. Because, I mean, they blew all their budget on the battle in season two. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you got to do what you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I, they, I did. They probably could have saved some money on that battle scene if they would have, instead of hiring 37,000 extras to actually do the battle. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people like actually died during that thing. So yeah, um, I mean, a lot. I mean, it, it was it, five. Let's. I mean, semantics. Yeah. Five yeah. People. And, in all fairness, it was because of the lackluster craft services. It wasn't had anything to do with like the stunts or anything. Bingo. Yeah, but you. I mean, you could have probably halved that and then just computer generated the rest of of that battle. Sure, but that's true. Just, but just you wouldn't have the, gotten that realism like with the actual blood. Like that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, you know, when you have uh, when you have 72 pieces put together in a popping and locking motion, and that's all doing what it does, I think you can see where the mm -hmm. money went. Uh, Casey, how about you? Uh, well, Jason my, Mendoza story. Sorry, my favorite Jason Mendoza story was the one where he was talking about actually playing naked in the middle of Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium, but in London. <coughs> and when he was talking about uh, the Zeppelin that was crashing while he was playing Madden, uh, something about that was just very exhilarating. Uh, yeah. And the way they took their time showing that, because I think it wound up being like a 14-minute flashback. Yeah, uh, like kind of when they flashed to it, and uh, that was the really good effects. I think that that believe that actually led into a song in the Rodgers and Hammerstein version musical. So yeah, that and, was, I, and that I, was the reason I, I loved it so much. No, it was straight out of South Pacific, and also you know turning that Zeppelin into a big bottle of Tylenol PM was uh, impressive. I don't even know how they did that. Uh, really? Michael, yeah, Mendoza uh, story. When 
the season where he actually started practicing Buddhism and he he really got into it and he really like understood it and he actually like achieved Nirvana and he existed at all points at all times. Um, and then he tried to stop a big crime from happening, uh, but instead he just decided to sit on a rock on Mars instead and cry about how sad his life is. Um, normally that would have been something that was a little bit overdone, but, uh, his acting was so good Mm. that I really like, I, I felt it and I was like, all right, he's the only one who could have pulled this off. Yeah. And I, I didn't think you were going to like that episode because you're such not a fan of Zack Snyder and having that be a shot for shot of the graphic novel. Uh, I was like, dude. Colby is not going to like this episode. So I'm pretty surprised you're expanding your horizons. It It is my, it it's no joke. My favorite uh, graphic novel. Uh, so the fact that they did it right. And with somebody who knows how to act. Uh, yeah. And, and it, direct. It was all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that all helps. Yeah. How about you B? Okay. So I don't know. Uh, okay. Do you remember the scene where he talks about how, he learned, he, he got into EDM um, by traveling with this nun and this nun like taught him, you know, all of the art of DJing. I thought that was so brave and I thought it was just like really touching when they were like on top of the mountain and they're like meditating about the music. And he's like, he's like trying to like DJ like with his eyes closed cause he has to feel the music. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It, it, it was really, it was really interesting. I thought it was really fun. I loved that nun character. Yeah. Um, well, it, I just, it, I love so, a good nun. Yeah, that's and so that cool. was Sally Field, wasn't it? No, yeah. that's the no, no, no. It wasn't Sally Field. It was Madonna no, it was, um, in Sally Field makeup. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, it was oh, Carrie yeah. Elways in Sally Field makeup. Ah, gotcha. Disappears yeah. into that role. It was good. Yeah. Amazing. Great. That, really it's also Carrie Elways at the end where it's Mary, where it's not Mary Steenburgen teaching him guitar. Right. It's Carrie Elwes in Mary Steenburgen costume. Well, yeah, I got that because I thought that was a callback from earlier in the season, but I could have sworn that was Madonna dressed as Sally Fields. And I was like, wow, that's clever, merging League of Your Own and also Forrest Gump for this. But it, its uh, I think that was a, a, a good story, uh, B, especially for transition-wise, because, you know, having, you know, those big-name actors to show up in that one episode, you can see that they were obviously struggling uh, for money and, and for views, yeah. which is why most of that whole season was amazing guest stars uh other than that episode b who was your favorite guest star that popped into uh good place for one episode okay so you guys know i'm in love with jack black i mentioned mm-hmm. this in the past episodes but like when he showed up um he showed up at like the end of i think that underwater episode mm-hmm. you know it was it was not in that scene but it was like later on when they're doing the barbecue yeah. And he, when he was like on the grill himself, and he was like dressed up like a pig, I'm just, I love Jack Black. Oh, he was I so take every so opportunity to call him out when he does an amazing job, and he, he absolutely nailed it. I loved him. Yeah, and for those listening, if you don't know, B has a special Jack Black stan Instagram, uh, where it's mostly just random pictures of Jack Black every day. Um, But yeah, go check that out. Uh, They they are mostly shirtless, so be aware. If you're at work, you will see nipples on that Instagram. You will. You will see Jack Black nipples. But they're very pruny nipples, because he does swim a lot. You can follow follow that Instagram. It's um, Black Jacks for Jack Black. Yeah. 
Black, oh, yeah. Black is my new black. Wait, yeah. that's you? Yeah, that's me. Oh, whoa. I've that been following that for like me. a year and a half. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, okay, no. cool. That's oh, my Insta. Just like this God. show, yeah. worlds colliding. Dylan, uh, favorite uh, uh, guest star? It was, oh, who's who's the guy who voiced SpongeBob? Uh, mm. Uh, mm. Thomas, Thomas Middleditch. No. The other no. One. No. no. Uh, Ralphie oh, from uh, Thomas Upperditch. Uh, Upperditch. Tell me. <laughs> Brandon Loverditch. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's like Kenny Loggins or something. Kenny, uh, Tom no. Kenny. You were Tom both Kenny. right. Tom it's Tom Kenny. When Tom Kenny comes out in the SpongeBob costume, like he's not animated, and he does the entire first episode from memory, just staring like kind of three-fourth field camera. Yeah. It's like... I mean, I understand, like, you know, you do your monologues, you do your soliloquies, you do your Shakespeare. I didn't expect, like, a full SpongeBob recitation in the middle of the episode. Yeah. But, yeah. And I mean, and, hey, I saw the viewership numbers and they, they spiked on that episode. And that's yeah. weird because you, when you watch it, you're like, who are you going for? Who's the market audience for this? It's kind of the same thing as that one episode that had the ghost of Carrie Fisher in it, even though she wasn't dead at the time. It's like, well, I don't even understand this. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, um, well, that that SpongeBob I mean, episode, they did get all of the the Avengers um, to play yeah. the sardines. Yeah, that honestly, in that episode, that honestly, that say the who's the part. market for that one? But like, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, I'm the market for that. It's speaking yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, it, it also, really okay. Well, that's fair. But to be clear, it's not the MCU Avengers. It's that weird British Avengers that has Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I There's. I don't think a lot of people understood that. Well, I mean, they they were all dressed head to toe in those sardine costumes, so yeah. But you're getting Uma Thurman. Give me those feet, uh, Casey. Your favorite, <laughs> your your favorite guest star. Actually, uh, mine was Sir Ian McKellen. I was a big fan of his episode. I hmm. thought he was fantastic as a lower demon. Yeah, uh, and really just nailed it in his musical parts. I was I was really impressed with that. I did not know he was a tenor. Yeah, my, my only problem with that is you could obviously tell that he was doing that for like his political votes, uh, because he kept wearing that button, you know. That uh, I, you you know, what I'm talking about, the, but it worked. Well, I, I, I mean, mean yeah, it got, he, got the, the vote. I mean, he, he is mayor of Cincinnati, so yeah, I like that place though. Uh, yeah. Michael, favorite guest star. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I'm surprised nobody said it so far, but it was Sam Jackson. I mean, thank the, you. Yeah. When he went, you know, he was yeah. in that. But he, it was like very early on. Like he was an early adopter to this show. He said, wow, this is really good. So when he played God um, in that episode, you wouldn't think that since this was on NBC, um, that they would allow that amount of swearing but like i guess they were like you know we got sam jackson he's playing god we may as well just let him do whatever he want i mean the I'm the sure episode aired yeah the episode oh. aired at eight o'clock on like a tuesday but yeah but yeah. I, I thought he did a great job and the fact that you know every time he showed up after that it was just for like a second or two but he was there like he stayed there the whole time they were filming even though he knew he was only having cameos yeah. uh he said no i want i want to see this he, he was really invested in that role and and honestly the caliber of acting between him and ted danson was what i think people mean when they say it's a pitcher's duel uh just high level um now as we all know uh season ended season four they planned this out 
Uh, now, there was talks of having that special like holiday episode that was going to pick up like the very next, uh, I guess, Jer- uh, the very next Jeremy Baramy, um right after season four ended. What would you like to have seen in the very next episode if this did get that, that final one? I'm going to start with Dylan, please. Probably Weasel Stomping Day from Weird Al. Strong. Yeah. It fits the tone of the show. Weird Al wasn't a cameo. He's willing to do it. He was asking them on Twitter to be on it, and they just never responded. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he already mm-hmm. sang the song about it. And, I mean, with how much graphic stuff the show, uh, the show has, like stomping on some rodents just seems like in line. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, B. Um, I would like to see an Arbor Day episode. Um, I think that would be a really, really good. I mean, we need to talk about the environment more, especially on shows like this. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of like, it was such a, they, they were so wasteful with a lot of their set pieces. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't even, I don't think that they um, did a lot of recycling afterwards. And I, I really think we need to be very concerned about the environment, especially in heaven. I just want to, Nobody oh, thinks I, about the trees in heaven. I just want to clarify, you mean an Arbor Day spe- episode, not an yes. Arbor Day because she wears the University of Michigan colors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just checking. Okay, cool. Just checking. Right. Well, yeah. So, yeah, because yeah, there also, was that. Also, I mean, let's 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 take the show to uh, Ann Arbor, please. Too. Sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. get well, there. No. They don't have their filming tax credits anymore, so. But they have nice trees. Yeah, you're right. They, do. they don't. Ugh. Uh, Casey, off them scene snobs. Yeah, well. Uh, I would definitely say the uh, the Groundhog's Day episode. That's yeah. what I would have really mm-hmm. liked to have seen because we could have gotten more of the history about the Weather Museum up there, you know, uh, which yeah. uh, talks about all the Punxsutawney fills that have come in the past, who are then graced with it, and how that line continues. Fascinating stuff. Yeah, as someone who visits, continues. sorry, yeah, I I visit that uh, Punxsutawney every every year on on uh, Groundhog's Day, and it is the the most exciting. It's the most exciting time you'll ever have in a small rural Pennsylvania town full of about 3,000 old white people. You've never had so much fun. Oh, it's amazing. You might actually wind up getting hammered at a VFW hall and taking pictures with random people and other people's clothes on and have no idea how you wound up at Gobbler's Knob. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's, it's it's, it's a wild time. Listen, Casey, no one wonders go. why they end up at Gobbler's Knob. Let's just be honest with each other about that one. Uh, that Michael, gross. Michael, last now, episode. Now, can we get serious for a second here? I know that this is a comedy podcast, but... Uh, Award-winning. I, I would like... We need to have an Easter episode of this show. This show did um... not talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, nearly enough. The yeah. In this country, we don't get any sort of Christian representation. The Christians are so oppressed. We have nothing. We can't talk about Jesus. In all fairness, your stupid holiday. in this show. And and also, your stupid holiday has its own island, so I don't care what you're saying. (laughs) Uh, Now, as... (laughs) As we know, uh, there's so much stuff on the cutting room floor, right? They filmed hours and hours of this show. Uh, And they recently on the uh, on the VHS box set released all of the deleted scenes. And I know, as you know, I got the eight tape set of that. Um, And I did send you Snapchats of my favorite scenes. Now, 
of all the deleted scenes of this entire show, all four and a half seasons plus almost a holiday episode, what was your favorite episode that was cut? B. Okay, so there was there. Do you remember like the three hour long scene of Tahani sitting on the bed and just staring at the camera? Oh yeah, hmm. that was so. That was such an artistic move. I did not expect that. I really, I really feel like the show definitely could have benefited from that because yeah. it really makes you think. Like, what is going on behind her eyes? What is on her mind? Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to know, and we didn't get any of that, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I was worried about like when the when was the last time she ate. Like yeah. I was curious. It was hard. I definitely did wear out the tracking on the VHS on that three hour scene. The whole thing was just a mess by the time I was done with it. Yeah, I mean, try, trying to trying to enhance a VHS just to look at what I can only consider eyebrow acting. Uh, it would it would make sense. That's never come to my world before. Uh, Dylan, I really think they should have re-implemented the scene where they help fake the moon landing. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, doing the like digital repl uh, replication of Kubrick's face mm -hmm. behind the scenes onto Jack Black's body. Yeah, funny enough. Um, I, I don't know why it was removed, other than like certain people high up in the food chain might have gotten uncomfortable about some of the truths that might have been s revealed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's a all I'm going to say about that on this show. Well, I yeah, mean, we, in, 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 in all fairness, they did misrepresent that director a lot. He didn't say skadoosh that much. <laughs> not enough. Not, <laughs> not that I know of. Like, That's, right, you don't know. You you never saw yeah, the documentary sure. about Stanley Kubrick then. I'm because sure that was the original title of The Shining. And that's, I won't watch it because I don't have a that's, laser disc. You know that. That's also how he ended every scene. Like, instead of cut, he would be like, oh. skadoosh. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, Casey, favorite deleted Yolo. episode? Uh, definitely one of my favorite deleted episodes was the ones where uh, Tahani and Chidi actually fall in love after Chidi tries to pursue uh, the career as a cult leader. So that was a weird yeah. one. We know she kind of pulled them back and they were like, oh, they had to realize that maybe they were better as friends. I think that was a beautiful thing that, that could have been added back and would have would have worked very well with the pace of the show. I agree. I think I, I think it also would have messed up a little bit of continuity uh, because technically her cult religion was a hundred percent accurate, um, yeah, which would have negated the entire season one. Yeah, uh, Michael, how about you? Um, it was the Weird Al episode. Um, the fact that they they wrote and had everybody you know come to set and they did a whole episode and Weird Al was so excited about it and they were just you know they didn't they didn't really film the episode. They just like with the, with the handheld cam and you could just hear the directors and the writers making fun of weird Al for thinking that they would actually let him on the show. I thought that was pretty mean, um, but also hilarious at the same time. It, it did seem like it would have been a good episode. Maybe, you know, it wouldn't have fit in the flow with the rest of it, but the fact that, that they, they set up the whole thing, just as a prank on Weird Al, I thought was uh, pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously past like the punk era. Like we're not doing pranks anymore. But yeah, I, I could see it. There was still a little bit of a heart to it. Um, all right. Well, I mean, it obviously seems like this is one of the most interesting shows that we have done on this show or that we've seen in a while. Uh, and usually the way that our shows work is that we don't ask people to do any preparation. 
But I did it a little different this week. I did ask you guys to do some homework, and I'm sure, and I hope you brought it. Uh, oh, absolutely. Now, yeah. Okay. Good. Now we're gonna go around the table, and I'm gonna ask you guys if you happen to have, could you make time to binge this show? But like the homework I asked you, I'm just gonna have to uh, ask you to recite your favorite quote given by <laughs> Ted Danson, and if you would find time to binge this show. Now, I know that most of you do your homework. Archangel Michael never does his homework. So I'm going to go with you first, Michael. Please, will you find time to binge the show and your favorite Ted Danson quote from this verbatim? Absolutely, I'm going to binge this show. Um, it's it's just, it's, it's very excellent. And uh, I haven't watched it for a while. I definitely um, watched the first and last episodes again. Uh, for today's episode, I definitely did that. I remembered all of it. Um, and my favorite quote ver verbatim, verbatim uh, from Ted Danson was when he was like, Jason, you son of a bitch, before you go through that portal and become non-existent, I'm going to need to get a little bit of that ass. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, nothing oh, could sweet. have been sweeter than those words coming out of Ted Dance's mouth. Mm. I completely agree. Uh, B, will you find time to binge the show and verbatim your favorite Ted Danson quote? Okay, so I, I will absolutely find time to binge this show. I'm a very busy person, but you know, I can I can watch it. Um, you know, at work, and I will wear waterproof eyeliner next time. I'll make sure of it because I'm sure there are so many more tears to be had. But my favorite quote, um, I don't remember where it was exactly, but he says, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There are fire ants in my pants. I, it brings yeah. me to tears every time. Honestly, yeah. and, and having that be like the reoccurring thing that keeps popping up. Oh, God. It was so, so oh great God. when Ted Danson finally said yeah. it. I agree. Uh, Dylan. Uh, yeah, well, I'm go back through the show. Absolutely. Um, I don't have a whole lot else to say, but yes, I will. I will absolutely binge the show. Um, and favorite quote uh, from Ted Danson would probably verbatim. be verbatim. Like, verbatim. That's what I verbatim. asked. Verbatim. Yeah. No, I know. I have it. I have it written down. Verbatim. <laughs> I have it written down in the next window. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. All right, my name is Mr. John Hinckley Jr., and today I'm going to assassinate the President of the United States of America, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Yeah, those cosplay episodes were very weird. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did like um, that in that alternate reality, he did succeed in yeah. um, assassinating Ronald Reagan, though. It, it, yeah. it did make the world a much better place. And, it was and obviously, inspiring. if yeah. you're going to kill a president, you could have less panache. So I yeah. yeah, I'm for it. Casey, off them scene snobs. Will yes, you make indeed. time to binge this show and verbatim? Favorite Ted Danson quote? Verbatim. Well, yes, I will absolutely make time to binge this show. It's a fantastic one. Verbatim, it is if soulmates do exist, they're not found. They're made out of other body parts. <coughs> yeah, dude, season three yeah. did get dark for a little bit. You're right. But, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Musically. yeah, obviously... Obviously, I think 
everyone should make time to binge the show. This is one of the most heartfelt, beautiful things that I have ever witnessed, and uh, uh, it can only get better more and more. Watch it, and like I wrote to you guys in the in in the private chat, uh, my favorite quote, quote was, uh, "No matter how many Jeremy Bearmies I've lived and bitch I've lived, the only thing I've learned is no blackface." Um, and I, it, it, I guess it's yeah, a lesson to learn from. Yeah, definitely, yeah, and I they did a whole episode there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And you can see why it was cut. So it's it's good that he did learn that lesson, though. Yeah, yeah. very, very I mean, political. Yeah, and it was odd they went for like an office canceled. kind of thing for that. It's like, yeah. well, why are you doing? Why are you doing a confessional? I mean, you're only going to get in trouble when you dress up like Jack Black. So I don't know why anybody tries it anymore. Yeah, yeah. or if you're Jack Black dressing like Stanley Kubrick, though. Yeah. Okay, everybody, that has been uh, this crazy episode of No Time to Binge. Please find some time to binge this show. It is gorgeous, and we appreciate you for binging this show uh, and also finding time just to uh, look at Michael's beautiful mouth because uh, uh, gorgeous words drop out of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look at it. Word, word, word. Uh, all right. So if you need any more of us, you can find me uh, at uh, Some Nobodies. Uh, we do all the weird stuff. We do a lot of award-winning shows, such as No Time to Binge, which is award-winning for Best Podcast of the Year. We also do No Time Boom. to Binge, which has been awarded uh, Best pod uh, Comedy Podcast of the Year. And also, you can find us uh, at No Time to Binge, where we are Best Pop Culture Podcast of the Year. Thanks to Mr. Casey of Scene Snobs. Uh, Dylan, where can people uh, find you? Uh, I'm on all of the Some Nobody stuff and some other stuff. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Vorpal mm -hmm. underscore words. B. Okay, so you can find me at uh, my other podcast, Deep Lore, and is this podcast JoJo reference? We mentioned my uh, Twitter handle, Queen Bethy B, earlier, but also please follow my Instagram, Blackjacks for Jack Black, if you want lots of beautiful Jack Black content. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and it's not as much card uh, stuff as you would think. I thought no. it was aiming when I first came. Although across. there was a very, very tasteful one where he has like two aces over his nipples. It's just... That's true. Well, but it's he an ace and a jack, but you yeah, know, but, he's got a black jack weird, on jack and, has, black and it's my favorite. Yeah. He has that weird like draw four meme face going on though. Like he's about to blast <laughs> somebody, which oh, is yeah. cool. Yeah. Archangel Mitchell. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at my neighbor M I C H one. Um, where I post all the stuff about all of my shows, including uh, Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex on the Podmoth Network. Uh, Jack Billings Presents I Love This Terrible Game, a video game show where we talk about video games. Jack Billings Presents Generation Clash, which is a music podcast. Um, and Jack Billings Presents uh, uh, PowerPoint Showdown, which is on um, YouTube, on some nobody's youtube for some reason even though jack uh billings presents it um so you, check me out a, on all of those things do you have a youtube channel absolutely not oh well that's why it's not shown there i think <laughs> where else would we show it <laughs> uh wait so your twitter handle is not uh <laughs> it's not portal underscore turds no it's not <laughs> huh. that was my old one yeah. Uh, I changed I, it since then. Because me and Dylan changed our Twitter handles to rhyme with yours. So. Oh, uh, well, once I saw you guys do that, I was like, I need to separate myself from these some nobodies. <laughs> Dylan, uh, I think you know what to do. We're friend. doing a little bit too much together lately, and it's it's starting to it's starting to alienate some of the Jack Billings fans. 
Oh, speaking of which, uh, Jack Phillips presents Haunted Oh, wait, are we cutting the show? (laughs) You know we always cut when he starts talking. Oh, But Keith, there's so much thoughts in my brain, it's like my head is filled with rocks. And now for something completely different. Kevin is so racist. I look a woman up and down and I say, I'm coming to join you, bitch. Oh, not too far. Oh, you want to get into things? Well, I mean. No, 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 no. Let's get into things. Let's get real. Everybody, Bojack wants to get real. Cancel the bubble round, because we're getting real. I know, but I wanted to see you again. It was actually pretty easy to wait. I sort of just sat quietly and let my mind drift away. Thought about you and the infinity of the universe. Kind of like a monk. What do you mean? 